I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Great to be with you here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we have mentioned, this is the last round of the fastest 60 minutes in radio because beginning Monday, uh, we'll have two hours of Inside Sources uh, running every day, Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And uh, very excited about the opportunity to dig in just a little deeper. Uh, to be able to stay with the questions a little bit longer. Uh, if you've been around uh, with us all week this week, we've been talking about Albert Einstein, uh, who famously said, uh, I'm not smarter than anyone else. I'm just willing to stay with the questions longer. And we're going to try to do that. I know I get better when I stay with the questions longer uh, and just slow things down a little bit. In fact, coming up here at 1150, we're going to talk about the need for us to slow down just a little bit. Uh, if we want to have a little more joy, if we want to have a little more satisfaction, a little less stress, a little more hope, and a little better direction. And uh, that's kind of what opening day in baseball is all about. It's hope springs eternal. Everybody's got a chance. Uh, and we need to, to look at that. Uh, and of course, during this time of the year, uh, it is a time of renewal. Uh, we're just moving into Easter weekend, where the Christian world uh, celebrates uh, in such a significant way. Of course, we focused last week on uh, rolling into Passover week and how important the the home is, the dinner table uh, is in in those celebrations. Ramadan's starting very uh, soon as well. And uh, over this weekend uh, is the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, you can listen to that live here on KSL News Radio, 10 to noon and 2 to 4 on Saturday and Sunday. And then in between sessions, uh, we have some great programming uh, lined up for you uh, that you don't want to miss. As we were talking just uh, in the last hour with uh, Dave Noriega and Debbie Dejanovic, they've got a special from noon to one on Saturday. Uh, Hope on the horizon. Science and faith come together to fight COVID. Uh, And they will go through uh, looking at the vaccine efforts within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and uh, both Dave and Debbie uh, really dig in and explore the connection between faith and science, uh, hope and reason. All of those things come together, uh, and the church's long history of uh, supporting vaccination efforts around the world on a host of things, not just COVID-19, uh, but in eradicating all kinds of diseases around the world. Uh, that's going to be produced by uh, Caitlin Johnston, and uh, really a great, uh, great program there. Uh, then also uh, coming up on Sunday, uh, I have a, a special coming up, Tangibilitating the Gospel. If you don't know the word tangibilitate, uh, it means to make something real. It makes it untouchable, obtainable, doable. It's sort of the equivalent of St. Francis of Assisi saying, always live the gospel when necessary, use words. And we'll explore that through the lens of just a fascinating relationship uh, between Reverend Amos Brown, uh, who is the 17th pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco, and President Russell M. Nelson, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and how these two uh, have had just powerful, wonderful conversations about tangibilitation, making the gospel real in the lives of people and in communities. So that will be a special Sunday, noon to one, 
Uh, and then rounding that out on Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m., uh, KSL's Mary Richards uh, has a just a great program on preaching in the pandemic, missionary work, and how it has been impacted for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, everything from, of course, bringing well over 30,000 missionaries back to their country of origin, back to their homes, uh, redeploying some of those, reassigning new mission uh, missionaries, some missionaries that stayed in the field uh, of labor where they were uh, and learned to do it differently. Many were, of course, quarantined or locked down in, uh, in societies or cities that had been closed uh, where they needed to stay in, so they learned to do things a little bit differently. And uh, I, I love Mary Richards' uh, ability to tell the story. She talks to missionaries who were out and came home. They, she's talked to new missionaries and how missionary work has changed for missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ. She talked to uh, a mission president and what that was like for them uh, and how they're trying to cope and move things forward. Uh, so all of those are coming up on a special again Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. special programming here on KSL News Radio. Mary Richard um, Richards will have preaching in a pandemic. Missionary work continues to move forward on Saturday, noon to 1. Hope on the horizon. Science and faith come together with Dave and Janovic. Uh, great series there. And then uh, I'll pop in for a special from noon to 1 on Sunday, Tangibilitating the Gospel, the Ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. So all of that for your Easter weekend coming up here on KSL News Radio. Lots of great conversations, in-depth content, and really inspiring information that will help you as you move through your weekend. We're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. You don't want to miss this. Hang around. When we come back, we're going to talk about The Chosen, and we're going to be joined by CEO of Angel Studios, Neil Harmon, coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dave and Dejanovic. Well, it's a very important weekend. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's the 191st semi-annual general conference. And it starts Saturday, Dave. 10 to 12, 2 to 4, just like it is I think we <laughs> twice might. a year. There we go. I think we lost your mic for a moment. Give the times again. Saturdays and Sundays, 10 to 12, and then 2 to 4. We'll be airing it live right here on KSL News Radio. Boyd Matheson of Live Mike, uh, who will be moving the live, uh, excuse me, of Inside Sources. This is, yeah, obviously, <laughs> long week for Deb here. Sorry. Um, Inside Sources officially moves uh, to its new time on Monday, yeah. 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KSL News Radio. And then this weekend, you have a very, very insightful special that's airing during General uh, Conference. Yes, it will be at noon on Sunday, so in between those sessions of conference. And uh, we're going to introduce everyone to a to a new word. 
Uh, it's okay. a word that I first learned uh, from Reverend Amos Brown. Amos Brown is the 17th pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco. Okay. Uh, he has become a close friend of uh, President Russell M. Nelson of oh. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Interestingly, Amos Brown was one of the last students. He was in the last class that Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, taught before his assassination. Uh, so he has a rich history in civil rights, uh, but he gave me a definition, and he used this actually to describe President Russell M. Nelson. Tangibilitation means people becoming involved. It means, and I think that is admirable, it's commendable, and all we need to do is to continue to hold our hope and do the good thing that we are doing, of being a people of integrity, of goodwill, and having our sight on the prize of saving the soul of this nation. Mm. So tangibilitate, making the gospel real. Uh, it's sort of a takeoff of uh, what St. Francis of Assisi said, that uh, always live the gospel when necessary, use words. Uh, and so we're going to explore in this special how we actually do that, how President Nelson has done that in particularly uh, to really tangibilitate, to make the gospel real. I think so often, Boyd, when we talk about making the gospel real or doing something tangible, and I love that word, tangibilitate, uh, because it's like a little bit of a rehabilitation as well as making something tangible, because I do think often we 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 fall back and we don't do enough, like actually doing something. So I love that part of the message. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's something very interesting. If you look at the last three-plus years since uh, Russell M. Nelson became president of the church, uh, he has offered a number, a large number, of invitations, uh, of invitations to do, to take action, uh, to do little things uh, that will make a difference in your community. He's uh, called on people to take that invitation to root out racism and to build bridges of understanding. He's asked people to be grateful and to take seven days and, and show gratitude every day on your social media pages and all of these little things uh, that if you put those all together, uh, they really can make a big difference in our lives. I love the gratitude posts on social media in the last uh, few months that I've been seeing more and more. And I've posted some myself and it does it makes you feel so much better when you're focusing on the positive and what you can be grateful for instead of the negative that's in the news. Yeah, that's that's right. And it, and it is just, uh, again, taking those actions, taking those invitations. One of the interesting things about President Nelson is that uh, he really has a life where he has taken invitation after invitation after invitation, uh, and he's really allowing the members of the church around the world and uh, those in and uh, and outside of the faith. And this is not just a uh, message for the m members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's much more than that, as he's invited people to do, to act. One of the things I love about their relationship, Boyd, uh, between the Reverend Amos Brown and, and President Nelson, it's not a competition. Uh, it's a mutual respect. And I think, holy smokes, if we could learn anything that is incredible. Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, I was in Detroit for the NAACP National Convention uh, when uh, President Nelson spoke there as a keynote speaker. Imagine that. Uh, and Amos Brown, Reverend Brown, introduced President Nelson, I think, in a way that will never be repeated. Uh, he got up in front of that large group, and Amos Brown says, it is my great honor uh, and privilege to introduce 
my brother from another mother. Oh. <laughs> Russell M. Nelson. And it was just this magic moment. Oh. And then one of the most stirring things I've ever seen was to see these two uh, older. They're both, uh, you know, President Nelson is over 96. Uh, Reverend Brown is almost 90. Uh, and they embraced on that stage. And it was the most authentic and powerful. Mm. It was a linking and locking of arms uh, that was just absolutely stirring. Well, speaking of doing something, our special, which will air uh, noon to one o'clock on Saturday, uh, Dave and I are looking into the hope on the horizon, the how science and faith are coming together to fight COVID-19 and get us back to normal, including returning to church. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I love that we focused on in this special that airs again Saturday on Saturday at noon is the church's um, efforts to vaccinate millions of people around the world, Boyd, yeah. and you are part of our special. They have gone, and and they would probably say that's not above and beyond, but they've really gone above and beyond to get vaccines to countries that normally wouldn't be able to get their yeah. hands on them, including the COVID-19 vaccine. This is so important to pull the world out of the pandemic. Yeah, that's right. And the, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a long history, as you mentioned, Debbie, uh, in terms of vaccination and supporting those efforts uh, for all kinds of things, not just COVID-19, but malaria and smallpox and, and other things over the years. And so this is a one of those wonderful connections between science and spirit, between faith and reason. Uh, and it's something that the church has been committed to, and it has literally impacted millions of lives around the world. Mm. Boyd, one of the angles uh, that we touch on is the actual returning to church, physically returning to church. And if I can make a small little admission, and hopefully I don't get blasted for this, but uh, I was kind of relieved <laughs> When I didn't have to go to church, I thought, this is awesome. Church in my pajamas with a Diet Coke. This is amazing church. Uh, but then I started realizing as time went on that I started missing church. And what was sometimes a burden, not not all the time, but sometimes, you know, getting kids ready and, hey, where's your shoes? Get your tie on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I started realizing, you know what? I miss Yelling at the kids Sunday morning, find your socks. There, They're socks. Yeah. There, there is something about gathering, uh, and it doesn't matter uh, what your faith tradition or belief is. There is something magical that happens when we gather, uh, and I think everyone is really longing for that. I watched someone walk into our church service who hadn't been in the building for over a year last week. And I think they were surprised at how emotional it was to actually have that opportunity to return, to be amongst friends, uh, to be amongst fellow believers. Uh, and I think as we roll into this Easter weekend in particular, all of this work on the vaccine, all of yeah. the sacrifice uh, leads to that moment where we can gather. And as we roll into next week, it is a big week here at KSL News Radio. Dave, um, our show, as you know, it goes now extended from 9 to noon. Uh, so uh, we're going to be on air with our listeners. More talk with Dave and Deb. I'm talking about myself in the third person here. <laughs> Carl Malone moment for you there, <laughs> And what's really exciting as well is that means we bump into Boyd's 11 to noon show, and he goes from 1 to 3. Talk yeah. about that. Uh, we're, we're excited. It's an opportunity, as you know, to dig in just a little deeper uh, on things that matter and elevate the conversation just a little bit more with a little bit more time. So we're really looking forward to more it. More Boyd, more inside sources. Coming your way Monday morning. Dave.
You going to rest I, up for Monday? I'm totally going to rest up. I just wanted to wish everybody, and Boyd in particular, happy opening day. Oh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> you too, Deb. Take I know you're a big ball baseball game. gal. Have a great weekend and happy Easter. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as we know, uh, we have an Easter weekend coming up. It is also the General Conference weekend for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. You can hear all of that live here on KSL News Radio throughout the weekend. And also, there'll be special programming in between conference sessions. And Mary Richards, uh, one of our favorites, uh, who we get to have on the program not often enough, uh, but she has one of those conference specials dealing with missionary work, preaching in. In the pandemic uh, that will actually air on Sunday. Mary, thanks for joining us. I'm so happy to speak to you. I listen all the time. It's really fun to be able to chat with you, Boyd, about this special. Uh, well, it, it is a uh, going to be a, a great conversation, really focusing on all of the just the amazing thing. It's hard to believe it's it's been a year since the pandemic really broke out. And then many just kind of sat back in awe of all of the changes that took place for Missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You're going to spend an hour talking about that. Give us kind of an overview first of uh, where do you go in this special as it relates to missionary work and the pandemic? Yeah, so we kind of started, well, I start by looking at what things were like almost exactly a year ago, all the uncertainty and worry and anxiety and concerns for these missionaries who were all over the world as things were starting to shut down and be locked down. So we, uh, we start there looking at what that experience was like for uh, some of our own missionaries from right here in Utah and a mission president and his wife. And they talk through what those early days were like and the confusion and staying hunkered down in an apartment with your companion or being sent home. We saw so many missionaries coming home in droves, planes full, singing songs of the gospel, you know, keeping their spirits up during that crazy time. So that's where we kind of begin the special. And then we move forward through to look at what changed after that. Okay, mm. we're still here. You know, <laughs> we've been kind of locked down, but I think we can still do this. And then the big shift that happened in missionary work, when you couldn't go knock on doors or talk to people, what could you do instead? And it was incredible, Boyd. Some of the blessings and tender mercies and baptisms and, and conversion stories that happened even during that time. And since then, as things have still been in this kind of flux and different missions have, have been able to do different things depending on where they are, so through the end of the piece, we kind of go to looking at missionary work right now and how those things are happening. Oh, I, I want to break down some of these things because, uh, Mary, you have a, a unique ability to frame a story uh, that really captures not just your attention, gives you the information, but really allows you to be part of that journey. Uh, and I know early on, uh, as they were starting to bring missionaries home, I mean, I think that had to be one of the biggest evacuation efforts. Uh, at one yes. point, over 30,000 missionaries on the move. Uh, what did you learn about that process of getting missionaries back to their country of origin, back to home in, in many cases? I think it came with a lot of prayer, a lot of just um, miracles, really, and and a lot of coordination from church headquarters <laughs> with all of these different mission presidents and these missionaries. I was on a year ago. I was doing a special from upstate New York on the twenty two hundredth anniversary of the bicentennial, and on my plane ride back uh, were 
missionaries from overseas that came. So I went Rochester to Detroit and Detroit to Salt Lake. And it was full of missionaries, senior missionaries in that case, because wow. they, they were the ones they were really concerned about. Yeah. And they just told me, you know, we got this phone call and somehow the ticket came and they came through. I mean, everything just came through. Amazing. Now, some missionaries were able to go. They were home for a while and then reassigned back out. In fact, and we just heard from Governor Cox this week that happened to his second son. Right. Was flown home from Tahiti, was home for about four months, and then reassigned to Canada and then New Mexico. So he kind of has been jumping around. And that's been a lot of coordination effort, too, to kind of work these different uh, missionaries back into different places. In the piece, I speak with a mission president and his wife who just returned home this past July. And they said at one point, I think they got like 100 new missionaries pretty quickly that were coming from other countries and they were like here take take them in uh, california riverside and they just folded them in and just got right back to work uh in fact let's take a quick listen to uh to what you your little bit of your conversation with that mission president as they came home everything that happened to us beginning from our mission worked up to the pandemic was it a surprise it was but were we ready we were, we were, we didn't know we were, but we were ready. The Lord had set things in place, right? Sent us the missionaries who needed to be there at that time, who were phenomenal videographers. They were phenomenal musicians. They were phenomenal. They just, they just knew how to do app stuff. You know, that the missionaries we talked to that have come home and come to visit and whatnot, who were there before pandemic said, we could have never done it. I said, true. You were sent for the time you were here to do your thing. And they were sent for their time to do their thing because they were ready to go. Yeah, that is uh, President Daryl Hammond and his wife, Joanne Hammond, and they served in the California Riverside Mission. And they just had the most incredible stories of how they were able to adapt in so many new ways with California's restrictions. In fact, I'll tease a little bit of it. They were making so many great contacts and conversions really through just online missionary work that people wanted to be baptized, but they couldn't be yet because they couldn't meet in person. Oh. So finally, in the summer of 2020, they got permission, they got a swimming pool, and they did a whole bunch of baptisms <laughs> in the swimming pool. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, before, we, before we let you go, Mary, I, I, uh, I want to teach us a little bit more of this special. Again, this is coming up uh, on Sunday uh, in between general conference sessions. It's Mary Richards. It's preaching in the pandemic. And uh, you, you had an opportunity to speak to some recently returned missionaries who stayed out there, who continued to work, and some interesting insight. Let's take a listen to this, and then I'll have you uh, respond to your interaction with these missionaries. So we called this Miracle March. We said we're going to pray every day as a mission that we can help each other, help ourselves find the people that the Lord needs us to find and be inviting them to be baptized. And by the end of March, we were told the statistics and the the numbers from that month and it ended up being more than double than what we had been doing the past months. And again, this is when COVID hit. Like COVID hit, missionaries didn't weren't going out, but the work still continued. And we found that from the year before, you know, we had like 300 something baptisms. And then the year that COVID hit, we had almost double that with Facebook. We were getting double the amount of people to be baptized through Facebook. So that was Kelsey Straw and Wilson McConkie, both in Salt Lake City. And they served, uh, Kelsey was in Florida, Tampa, and Wilson was in England, Manchester. So they had different experiences there from what they were allowed to do. But what a testimony from them. You will hear just their love of the gospel shine through in this piece, just how they felt so blessed. 
And also in the piece, I speak to two current missionaries serving right now in Orem, Utah, and ask them, hey, when I asked them, I said, how can we help you now as missionary work has changed to be more online, more social media? What can church members do? And they usually see their faces. Oh, Sister Richard, there is so much you can do to help. It is amazing. And so they just gave all these great ideas of how we can be helping the missionaries point others to Christ. They said we can gather Israel even on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, these other ways. If we're stuck in our homes, we can still help gather Israel. Oh, love that. Fantastic stuff. It's a great special preaching in the pandemic. You can hear it right here on KSL News Radio on Sunday uh, in between general conference sessions. Uh, Mary Richards, uh, always appreciate your insight, your great storytelling, your great framing of important topics. And uh, this is one that everybody needs to tune in for. Thank you so much, Boyd. My pleasure to speak with you today. All right. Again, that's Mary Richards. You don't want to miss out uh, on that uh, coming up on Sunday, preaching in the pandemic. Just some really extraordinary experiences and insight there uh, from KSL's own Mary Richards. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.